Matthew 27 from verse 11 to verse 24. Can we read? And uh, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he, when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things are witness against thee? Verse 14. And he answered him, Never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. 16. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. 17. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate's Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ. Verse 18. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. 19. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have, you, have, have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream. Because of him, 20, but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. 21, the governor answered and said unto them, Whether of twain will he that I release unto thee, unto you? They said, Barabbas. 22, Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, let him be crucified. 23. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. 24. When Pilate saw that they... Allow me to turn again to First Timothy chapter 6. Allow me to turn there briefly before we pray. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 13. The Bible says, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Lord, bless your word and the moments that are ahead of us of ministry and overtake us by your spirit. In Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we thank you this evening. Thank you for the good you are going to do to us tonight. Hearts you are going to heal. Souls you are going to set free. Thank you for the whispers of your spirit and the power and the touch of your Holy Spirit. Our eyes are on you, Lord. How beautiful is your gospel. How precious is your blood. How beautiful it is to not only listen to your word, but to be doers of the same word. To be sons together with you, to be doers together with you in the vineyard, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of the gospel, Lord. The knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus. We give you glory now. I feel an atmosphere of worship because of what the Lord wants to do this evening. Let's get your heart ready. We have read two scriptures so far. For those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Joshua. 
We have read two scriptures tonight that is going to guide us through the word and also the ministry. The title of my message this evening is The Two Authorities of the Cross. The Two Authorities of the Cross. The Lord Jesus met two people. He met a politician. He also met a religious leader just before dying on the cross. And these two authorities are were the definers of whether he was going to be crucified or not. One was political, the other was spiritual. One was appointed by men, the other was appointed by God. And all these two were very significant because at their word, the man was going to be crucified or not. At their word, the man could be pardoned or crucified. Now, why do I introduce these two people? Because never in this world will you operate and reach destiny without contacting these two people. There is the political authority or the civic authority. There is also the spiritual authority. And I want to bring to your attention how these two can harmonize at the cross. And when they harmonize, you can walk in victory. Because there are people who are forbidden from reaching destiny based on civic issues, based on political issues. There are also people who are forbidden from reaching destiny based on spiritual issues, based on religious issues. The other day, the Lord speaks to me, this is the way forward to go in terms of wedding ceremony. So, usually, what do people do? You need two authorities. You need the attorney general. You also need a reverend, a man ordained and recognized by the same government. Without those two, you have no wedding. You may have a marriage, but not the wedding. And it occurred to me that despite the fact that there could be emotional issues of, I feel love, Despite social issues of, oh, I know where to take the lady or where to settle. You need to face these two men. You need the priest. You also need Caesar or the government. And I began asking the Lord, how do I interpret this in the light of the Bible? Then the Lord spoke to me the few things I want to share with us this evening. Then we receive ministry. Are we ready to hear them? Are we ready? Now, the kingdom Jesus brought us had two faces. It at the face of this time in which we still live in this world, meaning it had a temporal function to prepare you for the next phase, which is eternal. The kingdom Jesus brought us had both worldly relevance and also eternal relevance. It had the power to help you navigate through a physical life as it also prepares you for a spiritual eternal life. It had a way of preparing you to look left, look right, walk through the path of life and reach your destiny while still preparing you for eternal abode, eternal inheritance. The kingdom Jesus came to give us had two faces. It had a worldly face, it had also an eternal or an heavenly face. 
So Jesus, when he's dying on the cross, he was not just dying to fulfill the scriptures, though that was part of it. He was not just dying so that people can be forgiven of their sin, though that was part of it. He was dying to hand over those who will believe him, a two-dimensional reality. The first reality was in this life, your world or your life should go a certain way. Then in the next life to come, your life also should be prepared and should be ready in another way. The cross had two authorities. The authority of now, the authority of then. The authority of the present, the authority of the future. The authority of the things present, the authority of things to come. Paul now says this in First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. He says, let no man therefore glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether it is this uh, Apollos or it is Paul. Whether things present or things to come. Meaning, we have things present, we also have things to come. But all these have been availed to us through Jesus. Let me keep talking. Now, in this world... There is a victory the cross has already afforded you. In the world to come, there is also a victory the cross has already afforded you. You need to understand, how do you harmonize these realities? So Jesus goes before a physical governor, appointed politically, and he stands there and he receives judgment. After that, he meets a physical high priest appointed by God and there he also faces judgment to show us something. There is the physical and there is the spiritual. There is what is of this world, there is what is of heaven and all this has already been captured by the cross. The cross has already given you victory, not only to reach heaven but even to navigate through this world. Jesus now says in John chapter 16, verse 33, In this world you will have much trouble. However, take heart, I have, overcome, I have, I have already overcome this world. This very world, there will be trouble. But this very world, I have already overcome. Therefore, as you walk with him, as you enter in him, as you believe in him, there will be victory in this world. Because of the cross, in this world we have victory. Because of the cross, in the world to come, we also have victory. We are going to heaven, but before we reach heaven, on this very earth, we will overcome. The Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Jesus is interested that as you believe in him, you should overcome this world. Now when I talk about this world, I don't need to give you a lot of details. What is the world? The world is what you can touch. The world are the physical people you can see. The world are the physical things you can interact with. The world are the physical offices you can go to and either be denied or to be accepted. The world is what your body, what your mind can wrap around. That is the world. Yet, even that very world, Jesus has already overcome. I have met men in authority. Some of them in the government, others in other sectors, in business, places, and all these places. And sometimes when you meet these people, you are tempted to think Jesus is not aware that they sit in authority. Jesus is very much aware. Jesus is aware when we meet the policemen. 
Jesus is aware when we meet, you know, when we meet the, 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 the chief or we meet the, 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 the men in different offices, he is aware. And even in those offices, we have to announce the victory of the cross. The victory of the cross should permeate every sector in this world. There is no place in this world we cannot afford to have victory. The cross has already afforded us victory in all sectors. Jesus did not just come and say, Father, I intercede for them. Forgive them their sin. Jesus did not just whisper about our sins privately. And he called it redemption. No. He took a physical appointment and appeared before a physical governor. Before a physical governor to show us this. Through the cross, there is no other government that can oppress us. There is no other government that can overturn our lives. That can deny us our destiny. There is no other government. One time I was 13 years old. I'd already gotten saved. And I was in a one-roomed house. With a man who wanted to kill me. And I remember... He took a piece of paper. Let me use this as an example. He took a piece of paper. I was 13. Just finished class 8 waiting to join high school. And he looked at me with his eyes red. And he, he squeezed the paper like this. And he told me this is your life and your destiny. I can crush it. I was 13. Already saved. And I looked back at him, though I was young and a child, and I responded with the very timely words given to me by the Holy Spirit. I remember a song I was hearing from Maranada Music. He will not allow my foot to be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. For then make always will forever. So I remember that song. And I said back to him, The Lord shall not allow my foot to be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. My feet is my destiny. It will not move. And the man almost danced with hunger, saying, now I'm going to kill you. He didn't kill me. Why did he kill me? I was looking at a physical governor. A physical leader. That man, I don't need to give you details of who he is, but that man was the immediate authority over my life. And I looked at him, and it was my destiny or Death. And I chose death. Because by telling him he will not do me nothing, I was choosing him to kill me. The room was a single room. One door, one window. The neighbors had gone to work. And it was raining, I remember very well. And there were knives there. There were every tools that he could have used to kill me. But even when we face governors, am I speaking to somebody? Even when we face governors, even when we face a gun salutes, even when we face grenades, we should not forget that the word of God is above these authorities. The word of God is above these entities. The word of God is above all their anger and all their pride. So I looked at this man. I knew just five meters away from him, there is a knife which can stab me. I looked at him just a few meters. There was a rope that could tie me. It had been tied over and over my neck. And I told this man, you will not crush my destiny because a thousand can fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. It will not come near me. Six years later, he died of depression and he was buried. Here I am 
preaching the gospel. Jesus is looking at Pilate. Pilate is ready to kill him. Jesus is looking at Pilate. Pilate has the power to say, guilty or innocent. But Jesus looks beyond Pilate. He sees the will of God. And he bows to the will of God. He submits to the will of God. Many of us are in problems because when we met our pilots, we forgot beyond these people is the word for your destiny. Beyond these people is the blood that purchased you. Beyond these people is, is Jesus dying on the cross for you. From that day, when I was that young, the Lord Jesus taught me to respect man, but not to fear them. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, the fear of a man is a snare. And many of you tonight, if you open your heart, the Lord wants to deliver you from snares that you have brought in your life through fear. A governor called a doctor can stand before you and give you judgment. The question is this. Do you submit to that judgment or you submit to the revealed word of God? A governor called maybe a lawyer can tell you a verdict that, hey, this kind of cases, this is how they go. The question is this. Do you submit to a governor or do you submit to the finished work of the cross? Another time, I'm 15, turning 16. And I'm about to take a journey that was to define my life forever. What was the journey? I decided I'm doing a very long fast. So I went to my bishop. I told him, Bishop, praise the Lord. He told me, Amen. I told him, I want to go and fast. And you are in school. I told him, Yeah, and I'm in school. How long? I told him the number of days. Then I remember his classic response. My child, you will die. Those number of days you will die. I told him, but I want to die. The life I'm living is not the life I'm called to live. I want to die. He told me, that one I'm not with you. If you don't die, maybe your brains may, you may switch. <laughs> you know, you may snap. And later on, I remember meeting another pastor who told me, when you do those kind of fasting, on day 18, 21, you snap. And you begin having hallucinations. And that is where Jesus now met Satan. And he was led to the temple. <laughs> and he, he was having hallucinations. And the man was very convincing. I told the man of God, I want to die. He shook his head. He said, now I know. Maybe God is calling you to greater things. But please, you have to be, you have to be careful. I told him, I'm just feeling in my heart. I want to do this kind of fast. And the Lord reminded me what I want to remind some of you. Sometimes you will face physical governors, okay? You will face a doctor. You will face a lawyer. You will face a, a psychiatrist. Oh, I'll come to a psychiatrist later. You will face a psychologist. Sometimes you will face a CID or whatever you will face. Sometimes, like me, in your littleness, you may face a serious senior man who has the physical power to kill you. The question is this. Do you choose the fear, or do you choose the faith for your destiny? So, I looked at this man, and I remembered the high priest, who also questioned Jesus. And I knew this one is symbolizing religious authority, or spiritual authority. 
And I knew, yes, there is authority, but there is also revelation. Peter is told by the authorities, do not preach in the name of Jesus. He said, ah, will we obey God or will you obey you? Because this one is you. This is not God. I wish I was a Nigerian. Oh my God, I could have removed it. Eh? So Peter looks at this man telling him no. And he says, ah, on this, Mr. Officer, Mr. High Priest, we will obey God. So I didn't tell the bishop I will disobey him. Quietly, I went took my pen and my book, and I wrote all my prayer items. And the following day, which was on a Monday, I began my fasting. I had not reached day 20. Heavens opened. To date, my life has never been the same. Jesus, and I want you to listen to me, people. Jesus is crossing a line. Nobody in the lineage of David has ever crossed. Jesus is crossing a line. Nobody in his generation has ever crossed. Jesus is crossing a line. Nobody in his city has ever crossed and will ever cross. Jesus is crossing a line. Nobody among his edgemates has ever crossed. When he's done crossing it, to date, 2,000 years later, even before he has returned in glory, he is honored all over the world. When we say we are called to follow Jesus, we have to remember that like Jesus we have to be to the point of death. I know nobody in your family has ever given himself or herself to God like you feel you are called to do. I know nobody among your workmates is devoted to the things of God, maybe like you. And yes, history will be made in the lines you cross. History will be determined in the lines you cross. History will be defined according to the lines that you will cross. Jesus is in a generation that has never, never said no to the high priest. Jesus is living in a generation that has never, never said no to the governor. All the Pharisees used to smoothen up to the governors because they knew they needed the handouts. They needed the privileges. They needed the chariots and the horses. Jesus said, no. On this one of the governor, I will obey God. Hmm. Then it turns like this. On this one, on the high priest, I will obey God. When he was done crossing that line, he became the king of kings and the lord of lords. One of the prayers I pray for all of us, especially me, and I don't know about you, but one of the prayers I pray this evening, may the Lord give us courage. May the Lord give us boldness. But we will not fear to cross those lines we know we must cross. But we will not fear to say no to that no we need to say no to. And we will also not fear to say yes to the yes we are called to make or to say. So a young man gets saved. And he was an orphan. His story runs very painfully. Immediately he was three days old when he was born. His mother looked at him, threw him in the rubbish, in the, in the, in the, in the rubbish pile. And he was collected by well-wishers who raised him up. A few years later, he's a teenager and he, he gets saved and he, he receives the Lord Jesus. Then he did something very, very stupid. I'm not saying you go and do it, but I'm just trying to uh, amplify the issue of crossing the line. The man decided to take a bicycle and he went from village to village asking, do you have any dead people? Do you have any dead people? Do you have any dead people? And wherever he found the dead people, by faith, 
He said, rise up. And they rose up. Before he knew it, he became the great Benson in Aosa. Everybody was getting saved. Remember? Everybody was going to church. Remember? Everybody was playing nice, calling Jesus. But one crossed the line. Crossed the line to obey the voice he was feeling is from God. Young people looking at me, young men, young women looking at me, there is a line you are called to cross for Jesus. Cross it and let us watch you shape history. Mm. There are prayers you have never prayed. Mama Flores, there's a foolish prayer I prayed when I finished high school. I remember I was 17. Just finished high school, so I'm in this bomb fellowship and we are praying. And I prayed a foolish prayer. I said, Lord, Joseph had to be sold to Egypt to realize his dreams. Lord, if you have to sell me, sell me, sell me. And I went on, sell me, Lord, sell me, sell me. And boy, was I sold. <laughs> I said, Lord, if I have to be packaged in, in, in a betrayal, let me be betrayed. And boy, I was betrayed. Before I knew it, all my dreams had gone up in the skies. Only the will of God was done in me. But my God, I felt I had to cross the line. Because those who don't cross the line will remain ordinary, will remain normal, will remain unworthy for the master's use. You know, and I'm looking at a sister who sees herself. This is your message. Today, what is happening to you? Now, all of us are in a shelf, okay? The Bible says, if anyone will sanctify himself, you know, the Lord will pluck him from the shelf and just use him or use her. All of us are in a shelf. All of us waiting to be used, waiting to be anointed, waiting to be lifted by God. But the question is this. Do you know what is happening to the other vessels when you are coming out of the shelf? Do you know what is happening? They are crying that, why are you leaving us? <laughs> why don't you go to work from 8 to 5 like us? Why don't you just come to church in the morning and leave after the service is over? Why don't you just pray our Lord's Prayer and go, and go back home to being a good Christian? When all of us are in that shelf, one person will say, Lord, I don't want to sit here. Lord, Lord, Lord. And the Lord will remove him. But as he's removed, remember, others are remaining. And that is where persecution now starts. That is where misunderstanding will start. And that is where, if you are not careful, even depression will start. That is where, if you are not careful, even fear will come like never before. Yet, yet, that is where if you persevere to the end, you will be saved. Don't think that during Jesus' time, there were no other preachers. There were preachers. Don't think during the time of Jesus, there were no people rebuking devils. Oh my God. There are people rebuking devils, casting them out during the time of Jesus. But what made this man different? What made him go a little different than the crow? There was a line to cross. He crossed it. He crossed it through prayer. He crossed it through obedience to the Father. He crossed it on the ultimate place of the cross where he met two authorities. He looked them in the eye and he said, yes to God. Yes to the will of the Father. As I finish, Timothy is told, uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Timothy is told 
I adjure you or I warn you or I point at you. And these are the three warnings Timothy is told. Timothy is told about God. Timothy is told about Jesus. Timothy is told about Pilate. Do I repeat myself again? Timothy is told, Timothy, I warn you. Eh? Timothy, not here. <laughs> Timothy, I warn you. Timothy, not here. Timothy, I warn you. But how is my warning? It is before God. It is also about Jesus. It is also about Pilate. Jesus is working with you daily while God is waiting for you in eternity while Pilate will keep interrupting your worldly life on a regular basis. These three warnings you must take care of. Take care of what is going on constantly. Take care of what you may come into contact with once in a while and take care of where you are going to make the final account. Timothy, I warn you. If all of us did our Christian life, remembering that Jesus is always there with us. If all of us did our prayer life, remembering that Jesus is always standing by our side. If all of us also lived our lives remembering after we are done in this life, we have God we are going to meet in eternity and we are going to give, him, give an account. Crossing the line will not be a difficult issue. Taking up our cross and saying yes to the will of God will not be a difficult issue. Let me encourage you, lest I look so spiritual as my time. Let me encourage you. And this will encourage a lot of you. Our God is after our hearts. That is all he wants. He wants to be assured that this heart, I have it. Whether I give this boy the whole world, whether I make him the king, whether I make him the lord, whether I make him the wisest man, provided I have this heart, I am good. That is all God wants. Because it is this heart where he stays. And it is this art that will stand before him for eternity. So he's after this art. He's not after your nails, though your nails may be cute or not cute. He's not after your hair. He's not after your titles or your privileges. He's after your art. Now, the way he deals with your art is very simple. And this is what he told Abraham. Abraham, now I know what is in your art. So, for God to come to a point of saying, now I know, he may take you through some little tests. Where you are almost dying, but oh, oh, I almost died, but I didn't die. Where you might walk through the valley of the shadow. Oh my God, I'm dying. No, 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 no. And you cross over. God is only trying to save your heart and bring it closer and closer to himself. The Lord does not love it when our hearts are so worried and so unstable and so mis misfortunate and so scared. He does not love it because it shows your heart is not yet patched from this world. Patched from all the concerns that surrounds us in this world. So what will he do? Sometimes he may be forced to tell you, kill up, kill Isaac, kill, kill him, kill, kill. Yes. When he's sure now your heart is ready to do anything he wants. You are promoted. I was so scared about so many things till I decided ah, these very things I'm scared about. Let me not be scared about so that I can see what happens. And the day I said, I'm not scared. Ah, the trial ended. 
I don't know about some of you. How many of you have, you have woken up one morning and you find your whole leg is dry? Children are like, is it stroke or heart attack? No, Lord. Uh, doctor, uh, 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 and God is just checking. What is going on in this house? Oh, doctor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Google, oh, Google, where's my phone? And finally, when you are no longer careful whether you are paralyzed or not, whether you are healthy or not, Satan gets behind me, and Satan has to leave you. The cross has no place for fear. It has only place for surrender. And some of you, if you stopped the headache and the blood pressure and the sleepless nights, I tell you the truth, the Lord will promote you instantly. Did he not do that with Abraham? He did not wait for two days or one week. He told him there and there, Abraham, from today, in blessing I'll bless you. Because I have seen your heart. The moment God opens your heart and he no longer sees fear, he only sees his will. On that very moment, he will bless you. On that very moment, he will promote you. I know you are praying, but if you pray in fear, you may still have to keep praying. I know you are pushing, and if you keep pushing out of fear, this art is not yet complete. There are days I walked in this city, my God, I walked on my feet, this one, two, two legs. I walked. And the Lord had given me a promise while I was a teenager about a vehicle, even the color. And I knew this vehicle is there, but Lord, why do I keep walking? And as long as I was murmuring and looking for the vehicle, looking for the vehicle, the vehicle was not coming. It was me who kept coming. (laughs) Finally, the Lord looks at my heart. I no longer care whether the vehicle is there or not, whether it is taken away or given to me. I don't care whether it burns or it gets lost. When the Lord saw in my heart was only the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, good, take it. There are two authorities. An authority of this world and an authority of the spiritual realm. None of them should scare you. Only the will of God. And I've seen women and men pushing for job, pushing for this, pushing for that, and they are pushing out of concern and fear and logic and what, and the Lord keeps the miracle pending because the miracle may become another God. The Lord is speaking to some of you tonight. The message is very simple. There is a line to cross. Last time I laid hands on somebody to receive the spirit, oh my God, I was shabbily dressed in my shorts, in my t-shirt, it was even torn in the, in the, in the umbilical cord area. The slippers was red and blue. I was, and an afro. I looked like a chokora. And why was I dressed like that? Because now it was not about my dress. It was not about how I looked. It was about the will of God. And before even I lay dance, the Holy Spirit had fallen on those people. When it is no longer about you in the picture. When it is no longer about your face. When it is no longer about your convenience. The Lord will move. Because whether he moves or not, do you care? You don't care. You only care that he is God. Promotion cometh not from there. Are you sure it is east or west? <laughs> Promotion cometh not from there. Hey, Jesus. Where is that in the Bible? There are two places mentioned. Is, are you sure one of them is east or west? Check your Bible. 
as we prepare to finish. Promotion cometh not from the this is the book of Psalms. Chapter out. Promotion cometh not from there. Let's look it up as we prepare to minister. Two places of the cross. Two authorities of the cross. The religious spirits and the civic spirits. You got it? Promotion cometh. Hmm? It is Psalm chapter 75 verse 6 and 7. Read. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. I wish you had time to ask ourselves why is it east, west, south? Why is not north? One day when I grow up, I want to preach on that. Eh? For now, we need to minister. Promotion cometh not from the east, nor the west, or the south. Why must people be reminded that, hey, 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 shh, it is not about the east. Shh, it's not about the Chinese eh? from the east. Shh, it's not about the Wazungus from the west. Shh, <laughs> it's not about the guys from the south. Shh, it's about the Lord. Why? Because... As long as the Red Sea was in front of them and Pharaoh was behind them and the hills and the mountains were on this side, the people could not sit down. They had to make noise. Finally, when it was no longer about the Pharaoh or the Red Sea, but the word of God, salvation came. And sometimes, why are people scared? Because they are looking at the options, but the options are not as perfect. No wonder they are frustrated. I wish it was only perfect. I wish it could be an option. I said, come here. And the option says, yes, sir. <laughs> Till there was no more Pharaoh, no more Red Sea, no more mountains on the left or the right. The Lord could not move. Finally, when Moses made them cool down and say, now stand still, meaning you are not still, you are restless. He is not moving because you are restless. You are not ready to cross the line no one has ever crossed. You don't want to say yes. Finally, when they said yes, the Lord now spoke the word. And when the word was spoken in proper anointing, the word worked. Do you know why sometimes we give prophecies and they backfire? Though they may be from God, it is because we threw seed on, an, on shaky ground. So the seed could not locate the hole, which is your heart. The Lord is coming through for you in your healing. But the appointment is tomorrow, 9, 9 a.m. <laughs> Already your heart is doctor, the Lord heals. Doctor, the Lord heals. By the time the word is coming, it is not meeting a people who are, who are still. A people who are steady. Listen to me, young people. Some of you looking at me. And I want you to open your heart as I speak this by the Holy Spirit. There are two levels of wealth some of you are going to touch in your lifetime. The first one, which is obvious, is what your sweat will produce for you. The next one is what the promises of God will produce for you.
choose which one you want. I repeat, there are two levels of wealth, you young people. And some of you, just enter into that word by faith. Two levels of wealth you are going to see. The first one is what your sweat will produce, meaning you went to a college, you did a diploma in IT, you got employed, began earning 20000 and therefore you live ever happy ever after. Or you hear a promise from God and you pursue it by faith as long as you have the breath within you and you stand and believe the Lord. So you receive not what your physical eyes could make you see, but what your heart has believed for. People of God, there are two levels of life, the natural and the supernatural. The obvious and the unobvious. The seen versus the unseen. Paul says, while we fix our eyes not on what things we can see, for what we can see is temporal, but what we cannot see is eternal. Fix our eyes on what we cannot see. Why? Because there is more wealth in what we cannot see than in what we can see. There is a line to cross. But the good thing is this. The cross has already broken that line for you. The greatest governor of his day, Jesus met him and he conquered him. The greatest high priest of his day, Jesus met him and he conquered him. And tonight I pray, may the Lord deliver you from every religious spirit and every religious curse. That what religion says cannot be done. What religious people say cannot be done. May the Lord raise you up to do it. What religion says cannot be achieved. May the Lord raise you to achieve it. And there are people, the Lord Jesus, by his spirit, is going to set free from religious limitations. Religious limitations. Limitations on how and when and why. Which is not from the Holy Spirit. And Lord, from this altar, we begin to overthrow every religious curse. We begin to overthrow every religious limitation. We begin to overthrow every religious fear. We decree we have only one conviction. The Lord Jesus and him crucified. He who looked at the high priest and said, no, I will obey God. He who looked at the governor and said, no, I will obey God. Lord, we ask today, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Help us. Not only as we fix our eyes, but as we fix our eyes, let who he is become what is in our heart. May our hearts no longer carry fear or logic or confusion. May our hearts carry Jesus. May our hearts carry the risen king. May our hearts carry the conquering power of the cross that overthrew the verdict of the governor and even the verdict of the high priest in Jesus' name. I want to minister to some few people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who know. They're not just thinking or wishing, but they know. The Lord is calling them to cross a certain line. One time I was in prayer, then I saw a young man enter a valley. Behind him was a, a, like a hill. 
in front of him was a valley than a hill. And standing on this side of the hill was an army. Standing on the other side of the hill was an army. And when he stood in the valley, in his heart he knew, if God does not save me, I am done. Then he took a sling and he looked at a giant and he said, now, here we go. That young man was David. Some of you just think, oh, David, he took the sling, he slew Goliath. No, there are mathematics going on. The mathematics was this. If I stand before this guy and I die, I die. That time he's not even married. He does not even have children. He does not even have whatever you can call it, a bank account. All he has is his faith. He stood before this man and he said, for the God of Israel and for Israel, I will lay down my life. And when the Lord makes it fall, it is fallen. If the Lord preserves it, it is preserved. One of the reasons why I look forward to going to heaven, do you know why? Of course, I'm going to meet Jesus and all. But even the men who did things for Jesus, some of them are worth meeting. <laughs> we are tired of these corrupt guys who, God punish the devil. Now, <laughs> I look forward to meeting David. I'm just saying, chief, <laughs> I five. Hey, bingwa. Look at you. Because this man laid it down over and over for God. And today they have a place in the Bible. Just like today, some of you, you have a place. Not just in the Bible, but in the history the Lord wants to make with your generation. So tonight, I'm praying for a very minority, a very small group. Who knows it may be the whole church. But I want to pray with a very small minority. This is a minority. Men and women saying, I feel there is a line I'm called to cross. My daddy didn't, didn't cross it. My mommy didn't cross it. My age mates can never cross it. Or if they plan to cross it, they may give up along the way. But I want to cross this line. I want to walk through the valley. Do you know what it means to walk through the valley? of the shadow of death. It means every step you take, death is what he's saying. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Yet you keep walking. Do you know the shadow of death? Well, any time we may bury you and forget you, yet you keep going. Anytime your funeral may be announced, maybe the funeral of your career, maybe the funeral of your marriage, maybe the funeral of your sanity. <laughs> Tonight, I want to hand over a few people to a journey of following the lamb past the line that they have known. Where are you? There's a line to cross. There's a devil to look in the eye and say, Devil, no. Mm. There is a governor to look in the eye and say, Governor, no. <laughs> There's an appetite to look in the eye and say, Appetite, no. There's a schedule to look in the eye and say, Schedule, no. Mm. There's a pain to look in the eye and say, pain, no. 
There's a delay to look in there and say, delay, no. There's a fear to look in the eye. Fear, fear, fear. Fear. Oh, fear. Fear, fear, fear. Fear is a devil. It has stopped many who are called for greatness. Mm, I hate fear. Fear almost destroyed my youth. It destroyed almost my entire future. Fear! There's a fear to look in the eye and tell it, No! No! 